Welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a series of podcasts helping you produce performance on purpose. For more information, go to our site qedod.com forward slash podcasts. We hope you enjoy today's episode. who's really building a very exciting business and has had an interesting life and from which we can all pull lessons and learning and such like. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation today. So Veronica, start off by telling us a bit about your business and we'll talk a bit about you. How does that sound as a sort of a starting point? Cool. Okay, so um, as you know, my name is Veronica Pullen and I'm known as the social marketing queen because um, I've been in business for five years now, since 2010. And um, I've built my business entirely uh, using social media. So mostly Facebook mostly, and Twitter. But everything I've achieved, I've done it um, from social media. And what I do is I help small business owners to uh, get more leads and sales from social media. And to turn what you already know and are good at and enjoy and love. And what I do is to help you to turn that into an online business so that you can get up every morning looking forward to your day and uh, and get paid to do what you love and not be constrained to uh, any location because you're working on the internet. This is the era of, uh, of internet businesses. You know, the opportunities that exist within your phone, within your computer are absolutely amazing. And right now the opportunities that exist within Facebook are absolutely amazing and, and that's what I help people to do to, to make um, to make use of those opportunities to live the life that they want. So I can hear the, I can hear your passion. You've faced a bit of adversity in terms of resilience in the kind of course of your life. So take us a little bit backwards and tell us a bit about how did you get to where you are today and maybe talk us through maybe a few of the challenges you've faced. Well, it's actually, um, it, it's quite bizarre. Oh, I don't think bizarre is the right word, but because um, when, when I was born, I was, uh, I was born with partial hearing loss. And um, at the age of 12, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And I have rheumatoid arthritis today quite, uh, quite severely. In 2006 or seven, I can't remember what year, but I, I passed my driving test in 2005. And in 2006, I had my license taken away from me because really? um, I was diagnosed with uh, uh, an eyesight condition. Called, it's called retinitis pigmentosa and uh, it, it causes night blindness. So right. um, they, in the UK, you're not allowed to drive with, with this condition. So what that meant was that um, being restricted mobility-wise, uh, <clears throat> I was using the car to get out and about, but now I can't get out and about in the car. So what I did was decided to uh, move my social life online. Uh, right. and back then, it just was not the cool thing to do. I mean, everyone was really nervous of online. Only fake people lived online. Only dangerous people lived online. But, you know, I've met some amazing friends online. Who are, Some of them are still my friends today. You know, that's close to 20 years ago now. And that, that was just what I was doing. I was going to work um, and coming home and, and doing that in the evening. So, 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 Veronica, tell me about that. And so you're getting all this negativity, you're getting all this sort of, there's these bad vibes coming from people. So, so what did you do about that? Um, well, I mean, there, I just 
laughed at them because there's not a lot you can do. I mean, it's just, I knew what was working for me. Um, and I think that kind of, if I look back, now you've asked me that question, if I look back, that's been um, a recurring theme. People will always laugh and criticise when you do something different. Right. Um, and you have to just kind of ask yourself, what exactly is it that they're, you know, that they're, why are they reacting like this? And half the time it's because they're, they fear. They, they won't do it themselves, so they find it, uh, it's easy to mock the pe- people that do. And what's uh, really um, humorous is that now, 20 years later, these people who were mocking me and, you know, sad and all of that kind of um, uh, uh, things that were thrown at me, those guys are now paying me, or have paid me, right. to, um, excuse me, to teach them how to use social media for their business. They're now running their own businesses and they want, they pay me to go and help them to, to share what I've learned all those years ago while they were mocking me. Um, so, it, you know, just let it go over your head. People will always mock and they will always criticise when you start to stand up yeah. and, and own your message. But, you know, it's their, it's their stuff. It's not yours. Yeah, someone once said to me that if someone's mocking you, it's a sign that they're, 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 they're mocking their own fear, not and they're just you know they're mocking you because it's really their fears. So, so do you think? So do you think in a funny sort of way now? If you hear people mocking you now, do you think actually you're on you're on you're, on, you're sort of on a winner perhaps? Yeah, now they, that what I know now is valuable to them. Yeah, you know, so if I'd have listened to them, you know, there are people do listen to. To criticism. If you listen, if I'd listened to those people who were criticising me, I would A, have had no social life. Granted, in their world, it wasn't a social life. It was a make-believe life. Um, and B, I wouldn't have what I have now. So so what happened was I, because actually in 2009, um, I was declared bankrupt. Seven, seven years ago, um, I, I was bankrupt. And so what happened was I went and got a, a part-time job for a bit, demoralised the part-time job, I needed to do something. I got sacked from the job. I mean, right. uh, hello, thank you. You've had the full range there, haven't you? You've been yeah. bankrupt and sacked in the same year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bow down to the person that's sat me. Thank you so much. But because I, I used to sit at that job daydreaming about, I, mean, I don't know if the two things are connected, maybe they are. But I used to sit at that job daydreaming about working from home. Yeah. And so this was a year after being my bank. I had no money whatsoever. I was uh, I just moved to live with my boyfriend, who is now my husband. He was the only wage earner when I got sacked. Yeah. Um, he'd been the only wage earner while I was uh, bankrupt and on benefit. And here I am saying, I want, you know, I've just been sacked from this job. Oh, I don't want to go back to another job. I can't go to another job and sit there daydreaming. I want to do this. I want to. I want to start my own business. Uh, at that point, I decided I was going to be a copywriter. Um, so, hang on, I, so hang on a second. Right. So, so you're you're sitting daydreaming. Now you decide you're going to be a copywriter. I mean, is is that just no? Because at this point, all I knew that I was doing, I wasn't conscious at right. this point that. The social media stuff was had any relevance. Ah, right. Right, because yeah. that's that's the thing. Most people are doing stuff that they enjoy, but don't realise that there is actually potentially it's not everything, yeah. but potentially there's a business that's, that potentially somebody would pay to know what they know. So I heard a saying that uh, somebody woke up this morning wishing they knew what you know. Right. 
Right, so at this point, I knew that I was doing social media, but I didn't know that there was anything more in that than me just having some friends. So I did know that I could write. So I decided to, to work from home writing, and, and I used to just pitch for jobs on the freelance websites, writing jobs. And I, I managed, within a few months, managed to recover my part-time salary because my husband said, if you can recover your part-time salary within six months, carry on. Otherwise, you'll have to get a job. And there was no way I was going to go back and have another job and they do it. So, 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 so can I leap in here then? So do you think that, that, that sort of threat helped you, really, really helped you with your motivation? Because a lot of people don't like this idea that, you know, threats actually work in terms of getting action. But they, they, they do, don't they? I, I don't know that I, that I needed that threat right. to, to make it work. Um, I know that psychologically I knew I, I needed the, the fear of having to go back to work. But that fear exists internally right. rather than him. Because uh, he had a very valid point, to be fair. You know, he'd been supporting me. We got married the next year. He, he virtually paid for all of that as well. He'd been supporting me quite heavily. So he had a good point that, you know, I can't let you do this forever. Um, <laughs> but, um, good point. So, so I, you know, I, I hustled a bit harder to make, to, to just get, uh, basically I just got myself another job where I was the boss initially. Yeah. Um, and then one day I got an email about this uh, training program that was being sold because there are millions of small business owners across the world who will pay to know how to get social media marketing working for them. And I was like, well, light bulb, because social media is what I've been doing for about 15 years by then. And there are people who were paid for that, so that's when I made the connection that what I knew, what I just did for fun, could make the income because I'd had enough of writing. I know it's only it'd been a couple of months, but I was bored. I was again in a job in inverted commas because I was having to work, do these itty bitty jobs, and get paid itty bitty money. Yeah. Um, I wanted more than that, but I didn't want to uh, because I was selling time for money. I couldn't scale it without working. Veronica, you've said something interesting. I was talking to another podcast, Becca Dean, and she was talking about this. You suddenly discover something and it makes sense of everything else you're doing. Mm. And, and sort of, and sort of helps you join the dots. And, yeah. that, and that happens for a lot of people, but they don't take action, do they? So, so what was it about you that made you take action when you saw this opportunity? Because there's a lot of people who just see opportunities and stand back and go, oh, well, you know, it's another opportunity. Oh, dear. Oh, my. But you got on and did something, didn't you? So, so what was it about yeah. you? I, I very much work on gut feeling. I, I can make instant decisions when I am. I get a, a, a intuition tells me, yes, you need to do this, and I can make a very instant decision. So, so I knew as soon as I saw that email, I have to take action because I didn't want to, despite doing what I daydreamed about. I was getting paid and I was running this business at home that I'd been daydreaming about. It wasn't what I actually wanted. What I wanted was to get paid to do what I love. And I knew that if I didn't say yes to this opportunity, there was never, ever going to be a situation where I didn't say yes to that opportunity. What I didn't, what, what I was uh, nervous about was that to take advantage of that opportunity, I needed 750 quid. Right. 
and I had to go back to my husband and say, could I have another £750 that you've supported me for a year, you've let me go off and do this, could I borrow £750, and I was very clear that I was borrowing it, to, to go and, and take advantage of this opportunity, because it gave me a website and everything, it was, you know, so it was this whole kind of like business in a book. The, uh, so he gave it to me, it came out of our wedding fund. It was a long period where it, uh, I, you know, I knew it was going to work, I always knew that it was going to work, but it wasn't successful for a period. And it, it was in 2013, I got the business to, uh, to, a, to a certain level, and he, my husband, was uh, not happy at work. And the best day of my life today was the day that I could turn around to him and say, leave, because I can afford to have you here full time. Uh, and so that faith that he put into me three years earlier, you know, that gives me chills to think the fact, you know, I, I turned that around from no money, relying on him to actually be able to get paid for something I've been doing for fun to such a degree that I could afford to let him leave a job that he hated, that he took the same journey that I took three years earlier. Wow. Um, if I know, I can know that something is right instantly, and if I know that something is right instantly, I would move mountains to make it happen. And I think, and I think that's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people make decisions like you. They have, they use their gut feel, and that's brilliant. We should be using our gut feel. But yeah. they make the decision, but they don't get on and do anything about it. That's the difference, I think, isn't it, between resilience. There's almost the difference between being self-aware and being good at managing yourself. Because there's a lot of people that know the right answer, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah, well, don't get me wrong. I'm not that... I, I have been in that position too. There's certain... You know, I don't always... You know, I'll, I'll make a decision and I don't always do anything about it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm not... Uh, I'm not an angel, but there are uh, pivotal moments in my life which there's probably, uh, there have been a few, but when, when I see them, I know in the minute that I, I have to take action and I do it. Yes. But it probably, uh, it's not 100% of the time, do you know what I mean? If it was 100% of the time, I'd be Richard Branson by now. Um, but it, there are moments... Uh, moving here was another one of those moments. I knew that I, you know, once I'd released him from his job and we were working at home together, moving to the Isle of Wight, which was something, was something I'd wanted to do for 20 years but never could because uh, all the commitment, you know, we had to be near jobs and stuff. And as soon as he left his job, I knew then, uh, in that moment, that we were going to move here. And so, you know, booked the holiday come over here, looked at houses, found the house, moved. So so in a funny sort of way, you've you've had these sort of long-held ambitions. So you've been driving, it's almost like you've been heading towards something which you've had in the back of your mind for a long time in a way, haven't you? It was never going to be possible to move here. All of the time, I was working or my husband was working. Yeah. And... Um, there's one more little twist to that that I'll quickly share with you. When when I found the house over here, we have to, because of my bankruptcy, we have, oh, and we still, my husband still owned a property in Surrey. So we haven't sold the property in Surrey. We, I just decided that we were moving here. So the, we have, the estate agent needed to see 
a bank account with uh, several thousand pounds in it, north of five thousand pounds in this bank account. Yeah. Um, and by Monday, uh, and this was Friday, um, and I said, yeah, that's fine. That, that's that's fine. I'll, I'll show you this bank account with north of five grand on it in it on Monday. But I didn't have a bank account with north of five thousand pounds in Oops. it. Oops. Yeah. Um, so what? The, here's the, another uh, little benefit of doing what I do online is that on Saturday morning I uh, came up with an offer. Uh, on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, I sent out a, an email with an offer to my subscribers, and by seven o'clock Sunday evening, I'd made the money that I needed in the bank account to show the letting agent on Monday morning. Right. So, you know, that was one of the times where I knew it was going to happen. It was down to me to make it happen, and I moved mountains to make it happen. Yes. And most people don't have that ability to magic money out of almost thin air to the end of weekend. But, I mean, I'm guessing you made that claim because you so, you weren't telling lies. You sort of had inner belief that you could make that work for you, yeah? Yeah. It, it, it's the... the beauty of this kind of business it's not you know i didn't just wake up you, you can't just wake up tomorrow and decide that you're gonna you're gonna make an offer and make money there's been you know i i've been putting loads of effort uh, energy into helping my audience and in fact two people bought my offer who didn't want my offer they wanted to give me my dream it's just it's just amazing because i you know i wake up every morning what drives me out of bed every morning is not the money, it's the difference that I can make to people's lives. And because I've made a difference to their lives, they wanted to help me. Because I was really honest about I was upfront about why I was doing the offer. Yeah. It wasn't the blag of, you know, here's an offer. I was upfront about why I was doing it and about the fact that I needed to show the agent and everything. But it wasn't it wasn't a begging letter because I, I sold something that I would normally have to pay three times as much for for a small number of people to, to get the money in so, so you've you described an amazing life i mean you've you've had to deal with physical adversity you've had to deal with financial adversity and you've ended up creating you know this fantastic dream lifestyle for yourself well it's certainly you know an impressive lifestyle it may not be um the dream lifestyle yet because you're not richard branson so you said i'll never be in my dream no. lifestyle <laughs> you never get that big but you must have and i know you, you you want to talk about this but i mean you must have faced setbacks along the way how do you keep yourself going when you have i mean as you said to me earlier you have less energy than most people so how do you keep yourself going when you have less energy and keep yourself on the tra on track to towards achieving what you want to achieve. Uh, well, number one, this business pays for a whole lifestyle, so that's one reason. Number two, that's not a core reason. That's almost at the bottom of the list because the the biggest reason is that I feel at, at a soul level that I have a duty to share what I know to help others. To improve their life, so they can live the life that they want to live. Probably they probably don't want to live my life, but they live their version of, of my life. So every single day, I know that if I don't share what I know, somebody else is going to, to teach them something that doesn't work. <laughs> this is how my head works. That teach them something that doesn't work and that they won't get the results. At the same time, I'm here to serve myself. If I don't serve myself, I can't serve you. 
So, you know, you just said about the, the energy. I have to be very, very discerning about where I invest my energy. Yes. And I, I will make a decision. I teach my clients to value financially an hour of their time. Yes. Um, and know that every time you give an hour of your time to somebody, you're paying them for that hour because you can't get that hour back. That's so in, true. In my world, I, I do have a financial value to my hour, but I also have an energetic value to my hour. I, I'm extremely fortunate, uh, more fortunate than most, in that um, my husband is, is responsible for the whole of the household stuff. I don't have to worry about whether I eat. I don't have to worry about whether... There's food in the cupboards. Don't have to worry about anything. You know that I see my doctor every two months for blood test. He just deal. He just sorts it all out and tells me where I need to go. So in that respect, that I've got that energy back. Yes. But even then, you know, I won't. For example, I I will not book an appointment with a client before eleven o'clock in the morning. The reason for that is that if I need to sleep, I, I very rarely. Will I allow an alarm clock in my world? I need to sleep for as long as I need to sleep. Right. My, my energy is uh, comes before anything out. So you can't get access to me before 11 o'clock in the morning. You can't book an appointment with me before 11 o'clock in the morning. I'll choose whether I feel energetic. You know, I've got enough energy to allow you to have uh, on that particular day. Yeah. And if I need to, and you know, I just make sure that any appointments that I have spaced out, if I have to go somewhere for, for work, the, the next day is a buffer day that I don't book in any appointments, so I'm not letting people down if I need to rest. You just have to respect the energy that I do have, because if I don't respect it, it, it will move away from me. And if it moves away from me, I can't do what I need to do. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think... You know, a lot of people who, I mean, it, become, it becomes really obvious for you because you have to be so aware of it. Whereas a lot of people that don't have the situations or the conditions that you have, we sort of take our energy for granted, don't we? But, and, it's just, and it's terrible because we have exactly the same thing, is that we just, we, we abuse our own bodies. We don't put the right fuel in. We don't give ourselves enough sleep. And we don't realise, and I think what you said there is really telling, the value of an hour of your time. It's, it's, people don't understand that. People sort of give it away. You know, on things which are meaningless, almost, don't they? Yeah, because yeah, because you know, if you have a goal, if you have an income goal, um, and you have because uh, one of the, the first things I do with my clients is to map out what their ideal life looks like because it's different for everybody. Hmm. How many weeks a year do you want to work? And one thing I'm very strict on is holiday. Every four to five months, I have to have a week out. Yeah. Uh, I work in when well, I'm here but every four to five months there has to be a holiday and when we get to that point where I know I need the holiday I won't budge on it yeah. it's gonna happen whatever to do that I need to know that my I'm, I'm hitting my goals around it so if I give an hour of my time I've either got to compromise time wise somewhere else I've got to compromise financially and so everybody should respect you know could you get this let's meet for coffee and have a chat about whether we could maybe work together sometime in the future. No. Not happening. I'm not going to give that out. I'm not going to pay that hour to go and sit in a coffee shop when we can do the same call on Skype. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because uh, because physically, you you have to make those decisions. And a lot of people believe they they have to go and have coffees and have chats because they feel obliged to almost, where, where you, you, you've almost got, you've given yourself the permission to look after yourself. Yeah. 
Absolutely, and clients, if, uh, my clients are amazing. I love my clients to bits. But there are people who will insist, who, who spend their life having meetings and will insist that you have a meeting, uh, that you come to this meeting, have meetings about meetings. It's not happening. Do you want, you know, uh, I will let them go. I will let clients go if they try and tell me how I spend my energy. Yeah. And it's interesting because in a corporate setting, you spend a lot of... It's interesting how much time you spend in meetings, which are meaningless. And people people don't value their own time. And so why would you, Why would they value somebody else's time? So uh, I, I think that's interesting, the way you've been quite so strict about your own time, but in, and because you have to. And so it really brings it home to me, actually. You, you, we, for, we take for granted time. It's our most precious commodity, isn't it? Yeah, you know, when I try... People listen to this. If you take one thing away from, from this uh, from this chat, don't let somebody else. If you've got limitations of anything, don't let somebody else dictate what you do with them. You know, if you're limited financially, don't let somebody else dictate where you go for dinner, which means you spend half of your week shopping money eating out with a group of people who don't respect the fact that you can't afford to eat there. If you've got less energy, don't let someone else tell you that you have to be at this meeting at 5 30 in the morning oh don't even get me started on networking meetings don't even ask me about networking meetings you know i'm not going to get up at four o'clock in the morning because i have to get up several hours before i can go out to get mobile um and i did it i did it for a year because i thought i had to yeah and, you know, shortcut that. Everyone is a shortcut that. You do not have to. It's, you know, your business, your rules, your life, your rules. So let me ask you a few quick questions, if I may. Um, sort of a, little, yeah. a quick fire round. And um, just three questions, dead, dead easy. First of all, um, who buys your most in your life and why? Um, me. <laughs> Great answer. Tell me more. Um, well, it, it's down to me. It's all down to me. It, you know, there's a saying, it's my fault. Yes. Anything that does or doesn't happen in my life is down to me. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I do, I follow people, I observe people, I watch what they're doing, I watch what works. But people who inspire me, I'm very transient. Yes. You know, I, I, that somebody, I, I was talking to my husband about this last night. You know, there was somebody, if you asked me five years ago, I would have said, I'm not going to say the name because it's not fair, but I would have said a person. And, and three years later, I, I, I don't know what they're talking about. We're on a different plane now because I've grown yes. to, into a different person. So the constant is me. But to be fair, the other person is my client. My clients who come to me with their the stuff and they go out and they make the stuff happen. Because like you said, I can tell them, you know, I can guide them, but they have to do it. Yes. It, it, all, it also strikes me, and I, I don't know if you've not mentioned him, but it sounds like your husband, you've got a sneaking regard for him by the sound of it. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. I couldn't do what I yeah. do without him. I, I don't want to just, you know, I could not do what I do without him because he takes, if I have to spend my energy do, worrying about the things that he does, I wouldn't be able to do half what I do. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, um, but ultimately, the one constant is me. You mentioned, you mentioned some of your clients there as well and how you get inspired by them. I mean, some, something for me in resilience and entrepreneurship, I think, goes hands in hand. And, and this idea that you've got a vision, you know where you're going, but you've got the energy to really 
get a grip and do the hard work. And, and you know, you do meet entrepreneurs who, who think working in any business, whether it's an internet business or a, a plumbing firm, they don't realise you've got to work. You meet lots of people who are instant success and you don't really realise they've been doing it for 10 years. And, yeah. you know, that's the thing, isn't it? People forget that resilience is about working hard. It's about putting the hours in, isn't it? And for you, yeah. you've got to, you put the hours in, you have to manage your body as well. So, And no matter how much money you pay somebody, you can't pay them to absolve responsibility. Yeah. You, know, you still, you have to listen, you have to learn, you have to implement. You still, Even if you pay someone to do something for you, they will, you will still have responsibilities. Um, and if you don't follow through yourself, it won't happen. Yeah. Now, I managed to distract myself at the quickfire uh, quick question. Sorry about that, Veronica. Terrible, terrible hosting. It wasn't here. very quick at all. Was no, it wasn't. I'm rubbish. <laughs> Should I get to this? I get all interested in what you're telling me. So the second question is, um, how do you handle criticism? Uh, um, from an ego point of view, not very well at all. The first thing I do is I ask myself, are they criticising me or are they projecting on me? If, uh, so if the answer is they're criticising me, then I ask myself, is this something that I need to change? Is this something that I uh, should listen to? Uh, is this uh, a critique or is this criticism? Because yes. if you criticise me because you don't like something about me, then I'm sorry, that's just who I am. I'm Marmite, you know? Yeah. We all blow Marmite. Some people will love you, some people won't love it. And the further you go in business, the more people who will love you, but at the same time, more people who hate you. Um, and I do mean hate. I use that word. But I, and I do mean there would be people that really want to trust you down. Yeah. So you have to, uh, again, be discerning about what criticism you listen to. I've been told that I'm, I'm too, uh, I send too many emails. Well, that's not my, uh, that, that's not a criticism that I'm going to listen to unless it comes from somebody who uh, is a hugely successful email marketer and this person wasn't. So, But there have been times where clients have, uh, pointed something out to me and I listen I go hey you're right I can learn from that and you know I learn every day but the first thing I have to stop my ego responding what's the, what's what's a gift that you give or the last gift that you give that people seem to really value the the book that I would recommend that everybody reads whether you run a business whether you're in a job whatever is a book called The Big Leap. Um, it's written by somebody called Gay Hendricks. I'm not quite sure if, I can't remember if they're a man or a woman, but it doesn't matter. This book will change your life. Because I'll, I'll give you a quick a, a quick rundown of, of why it will change your life. You know how sometimes things go, things are going amazingly well for you, yeah. and then something changes, something happens, you have an argument with your partner, or, or you're getting a big bill for something, a big invoice or a big, utility bill or something and it within within minutes or, or overnight what was amazing it got it's fallen to the rubbish yeah it's what i had no idea about is you can control that yes and it's called an upper limit problem and it happens to absolutely everybody in relationships in business and anything that you're we have this upper limit mindset when we get to a certain level of success, we start to sabotage it. Our thoughts start to sabotage it. The big leap will change your whole perspective on, on life and make you realise just that you can... You can't stop big bills coming in. You can't stop arguments from, with your partner from happening, but you can change the way that you respond to them. Brilliant. And that 
that book will change your life. That, that's a great recommendation. It's really at the heart of resilience and emotional intelligence and some of the stuff we talk about, this idea that really you're the sum total of the choices you make and you know, you're, only you can make the choices for yourself. So it sounds, sounds great. So, Veronica, I'm conscious of time ro rocking and rolling onwards. And you and I, well, I could certainly talk to you for a long time. And I know, but I know you, you, you know the value of your hours. So I'm going to get a, get a wiggle on here. Um, there may be some people who are listening to this who are thinking, this internet life sounds quite interesting. Maybe, maybe I have skills. Maybe I could have this life of freedom. Maybe I could, well, not necessarily move the Isle of Wight, but maybe they could have a look at this. I mean, you're the person to come and talk to. So how, how would they get hold of you if they wanted to do that and explore this sort of alternative way of living? What would they do? So the best thing to do is to come to my website, which is veronicapullen.co.uk. Um, I've got a link to all my social media profiles there. So if you're on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram, you can connect to me there. But I've got a ton of free information. I've got e-books, I've got webinars, um, online training. Uh, uh, there's a ton of blogs information that you can just have a read around get a sense of of what you can be doing how i can help what's different there are lots of uh, tweaks and things you can do online to, to get better and you know even if you're not in business um everything i teach works for personal relationships as well yes. um because you know i met my husband on facebook we got married on twitter so just you know replace the replace the word sale with friend and everything still works come to my website bonnycapullen.co.uk um you can send me a message there um come download the free stuff and um hopefully we'll connect on the other side fantastic and obviously um i really appreciate your time today it's been up it's been a blast actually i really enjoyed it if someone decides they want to come and you know have a bash you can go to veronicapullen.co.uk and have yeah. a go at that Veronica, thanks so much for your time. There'll be all sorts of show notes and bits and bobs and links and everything coming from our site to yours. And um, um, thank you so much indeed. Thanks very much. I'll see you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Resilience Unraveled helps you create performance on purpose. And you can find out more about us and resilience at qedod.com forward slash resilience. Or listen to more of our podcasts. You can also find out more about our courses, our webinars, and free resources like ebooks and paid for courses at qedod.com. Otherwise, we hope you can enjoy more of our podcasts in the future.